Well, hello and good morning, everybody. It is the main point, and this is Wednesday, April the 20th, 2022, and uh, we are here at Rosa Sharon. I'm the associate pastor here, Jonathan Hendrickson, um, be your host for the podcast. And with me today is the rest of our pastoral staff. We have our youth pastor, Jeremiah Custer, our children's pastor, Blake Flincham, and our senior pastor, Jeff McCarthy. Jeff has been preaching um, uh, on uh, sort of a mini sermon series of sorts about insights that happened during um, uh, his recent accident um, and, uh, and subsequent surgery and recovery and all. And, um, and those have gone... I, I think really um, hand in hand with with kind of just where we are in the season in the church season and um, including um, uh, last week you know as you know if you tune in the podcast we talked about funerals uh, three deaths in the family for for Jeff and his family last year and so we talked a lot about what you know how, how to deal with death as a Christian and all and then and, and really we kind of did it almost felt as though, um, in some ways, that we did our Easter sermon in that. Mm-hmm. But really, um, I, I think that the, the the message on his wounds, and that's what we're going to talk about today, from John um, ni- John chapter twenty, verses nineteen through twenty one. Um, but his wounds and what his wounds mean, um, not just in the context of his death, but also his wounds post resurrection. Um, I, I think all that still ties really nice into the Easter story and also um, ties in with your personal story, Jeff, about the wounds that you have, you know, scars that you carry now. And this will, I think this discussion today um, is going to largely, I, 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 I want to spend some time talking about this idea of scars um, because you touched on it some in the sermon on Sunday, but um this idea of carrying scars with us and, and, and the scars that we carry, not just in our bodies, but also in our, on our hearts, um, in our minds, um, in, in our spirit. Um, and what, you know, how can we use those scars um, uh, to, um, to grow in our relationship with God and with others? Um, and how, how can we look at those scars through a sort of a Christian lens. And so um, we can do that by looking at how Jesus used his scars, which I think is part, largely what you were trying to get at in the message on Sunday. So um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it, guys. And I'm going to start with uh, just reading the text. Um, this is going to be the uh, NLT translation because it's just happened to be what's in front of me. And I think it's the one that you yeah, used. Yeah, I used it primarily. Right. So um, here we go. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 21. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Now, Jeff, you mentioned this before, but I, I believe I'm correct in saying this is the first instance of his showing the one with Thomas happens after this, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, because that's in John's account that we hear about Thomas. So this is the the, the women are at the tomb that morning. Mm-hmm. This is that evening. 
That same uh, evening. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, they 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 didn't know what to think about the women. They had disbelief. Um, but but the the one that gets all the attention is the Thomas one. Right. And so when I thought about it, I was like, well, you know, this is the very first time Jesus really shows himself to his disciples. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wanted to uh, emphasize the bodily resurrection. And he shows them, and he shows them these wounds. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking about, you know, because we think about a glorified body as perfect. If Jesus would have showed, showed up and he'd appeared to him, but then he has no wounds, mm-hmm. would they have believed that what, that was really Jesus? Mm. And is there a purpose then for God? Are these wounds going to continue? Because there is a, a thing saying the only man-made thing is heaven is the wounds on Jesus. So will these wounds still be prevalent throughout eternity? Are we always going to see the wounded Christ, the suffering servant? Is that going to be always part of our understanding and, and knowing what he did for us? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of mm-hmm. the things I was thinking about. And, and, and I we, hope I did a good job of kind of showing how the scriptures teach it and show that 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 this is probably going to be a reality that we are going to look upon this lamb that was slain, the revelation, you know, the lamb that was slain from the right. of the world that we're going to worship a lion, but we're also going to worship a lamb, a lamb too. So. so so with that, though, and that's, that brings up a good question. So Jesus clearly has wounds um, in, his, in his physical body. Do you think that that's just the exception to the rule then? Or, I have or no is, idea. Or is that, or do you think, I, I, I know you don't. It's, it's purely speculation, right? But, I, but it does make me wonder. Well, because we, we always teach ourselves and we always say, you know, grandma's running now and she's got great lungs and she's, she's ultimately healed. Right. So, uh, you know, are, are we going to have a body then? And I believe we will. Uh, will, will it still have some scars? I'm not really sure if it's going to have scars or not. And if, if it has physical scars, does need, need for those scars. So. Right. If it has physical scars, does, does that mean we would also carry emotional scars as well? You know, the, you get what I'm saying? Right. There, because clearly the Bible teaches by your, his stripes you're healed. So right. if that's going to be a complete healing one day, ultimate healing, then, then maybe that's the thing. He still has his scars. We have this great body that, that we were given Again, by grace, mercy, and all that other stuff. Right. There's nothing we could do to earn it or, right. you know, pass nirvana so we can have this oneness with God. That, right. that now all of a sudden, I have this now, and mm. I'm still have that. I still know that it's because of what He did. Right. So, I mean, you that's mentioned, a good thing to think about. Yeah, right? you mentioned it. There, there's there's obviously reason why Jesus still has the wounds, and 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 we see that. Um, yeah, I think it's mainly the proof. Of, right. This as, was Him that died. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. We, we, we see that John mentions that uh, John's all about evidence, mm-hmm. right? He says that's the whole reason he's writing his gospel to begin with. So um, it seems as though there is purpose, at least for, at least in this instance, Jeremiah, for those wounds to exist. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I think that uh, when you get into the weeds of it, it's like, eh, we probably won't have scars. Especially scars we remember, because it's like, if there's no crying in heaven, right. am I going to remember, like, if I see yeah, my no mom's scars no or whatever, or if dead. I see yeah. mine? So I'm going to get into the weeds of it. Probably not, but I do think, and I think Jeff argued this really well, I think Jesus will, as a reminder of, because, I mean, he quoted that. They so will look think, on him. 
and whom they pierced, and that's all the way up in Revelation. What was it, two or one? One seven. And that's a good. That's a good point. That 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 in in Revelation there that mentions him who they'll look upon him who they pierced. Now it doesn't say that they'll look at the wounds of the one that they pierced, but you could maybe assume or maybe maybe take by implication that he still has those wounds. I think it very clearly he. I mean, clearly he has the wounds here. Um, whether whether those wounds will eventually disappear in heaven when we're with him or not, I mean they could, right? Or they could remain forever. Um, maybe they do remain forever because of what you're talking about and what I think what you were saying, so that we for eternity are grateful or you know right. Or, and like, and, and I think the point I made it was near the end that when you do see it, you have two reactions. Mm. Like Thomas, my Lord, my God, worshiping, he did this for me, or I'm mourning now because. Now it's clear he was the one right. that I rejected or you know turned my back on, and now I have no hope because I didn't put my faith and trust in him. Because it is clear to say that they, they, they do mourn. Right. And so we would mourn in a way of, wow, I can't believe he did this for me, mm. as opposed to um, uh, mourning because, wow, I, you know, not a mournful, woeful thing, I think their morning is going to be more woeful. And, yeah. You know, we could talk about that later. Right, too. right, right. And, and the scars, too, it's kind of interesting how he, he, his hands inside, and it just kind of worked out that part of them were the pain and suffering, which mm-hmm. is how I broke down my two points about the, the actual scars. And right. then the other was the price that he paid, which was the death was already made. Right, right. So it kind of it fell into that. I thought it was a good good way of bringing both of those yeah i hadn't actually thought about the fact that the the two scars happen as far as chronologically that those those the the events or the incidents that that caused the the scarring uh one happens clearly while he's still alive and the other you're right and i think the one that was the death blow the one where he's dead right uh i think that was the thing then that, that made these disciples realize that is jesus it yeah. wasn't somebody else that was on a cross, right? That you know, that's faking or being placed put in his place. This is well, the guy that actually died, right? And he'll tell Thomas. Think about this. I mean, <laughs> imagine you know, as an as a Christian apologist and a study of apologetics, I I've studied resurrection and and I've studied a lot of the other sort of pseudo theories about you know what yeah. um, what really happened, you know, quote unquote. And one, one, one of the famous ones is the swoon theory, right? Mm-hmm. That, right. that Jesus never actually died on the cross. He just Bam. passed out, right? And I'm then, surprised that even became a theory. And then he shows up. <laughs> well, here's what, no, here's what I want to yeah. say is that, um, look, Jesus, not only does when he sees Thomas, you know, after this, and it's not been that long. What is it? Is it a week later? Eight it, days later. Eight days later. So, like, yeah, a week. So he's not had time to heal up. Right, I mean, let's say let's say he is that's him physically, and let's go with the swoon theory for a second. He's not even had time to heal up, right? Those wounds are still fresh, and yet, what does he tell Thomas to do? Touch, not just touch him. Thrust your hand in my side. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, if you had come over, if you had a test my knee, I would have been like, <laughs> if I had had a gaping spear wound in my side, the last thing I'm going to ask you to do is thrust your hand in there yes. because that's going to hurt. Oh yeah. But it seems as though, um, and maybe this is part of him having a glorified body, right? It seems as though touch them, you know, because it's not going to hurt me. Yeah. And that's why I brought in the the Luke passage because it has a lot more detail. 
Right. And I think that probably happened that night. It's just John didn't really, it wasn't his, he, he made his point. Right. And right. so Luke has all this detail about touching and then eating because so, they thought he was a ghost, which was another theory some people had that's just an apparition or a ghost. Yeah, he's an apparition of some sort in, in Jesus. And I'll clearly, try to be quiet now. And let, no, that's okay. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, yeah, he says, you know, um, uh, that yeah, he's an apparition, or he is—he's uh, not like you said. Um, you're trying to sort of focus on the bodily resurrection, and let's just talk about that for a second, Blake. Um, why? Why is it important as, that we as Christians, we as Christian ministers, focus on a bodily resurrection? D- doesn't it accomplish the same sort of thing to say that Jesus? And there are those. There are there are there are quote Christian scholars, right? Um, who will hold to this notion that Jesus um, had like a spirit body afterwards? That that this wasn't an, an actual flesh fleshy body like what we like what we have right now, uh, but this was a spirit body of some sort, um, and and that's why he's able to you know presumably walk through walls and all these other things. Um, why is it important to say that he actually is at this point in time in these incidents that he's actually the scarred Jesus is a, inhabiting a fleshly body? Well, I think simply, you know, if he doesn't bodily resurrect, then I think he simply doesn't resurrect. You know, if he doesn't, you know, if his body doesn't resurrect, then he's, you know, he's dead. You know, he's dead. Like his physical body is literally dead. You know, if we're going to say he came back to life, you know, the same Jesus mm-hmm. who in his essence pre the cross had a physical body mm-hmm. if we're going to say that same Jesus came back to life it's got to be in a physical body yeah. it's got to be in a physical body so I think it helps with credibility with the resurrection and I think it also gives promise to us too that we'll have a, a bodily resurrection too mm-hmm. one day I think of in First Corinthians 15 right. and in the new heavens and the new earth um so I think it gives a lot of credibility to the resurrection, but it also has like an eschatological end times feature to it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're I think you're dead on there too. I, I would agree with you entirely, Blake. But it it does give us that sort of you know if 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 this happened to Jesus, then we can say this can happen to us as well, right? That we if he has a bodily resurrection, then we can too. It's one of the reasons why I was asking about the question about the scars. In fact, whether because if we look at Jesus as the first fruits, mm-hmm. then whatever we see in Jesus, we should expect, I would think, to see in us. Now, that's not to say that God can't erase that. And then I keep thinking, and I've often thought about this too, and, and perhaps this was just sort of rabbinical hyperbole, but Jesus does say in his teaching with the disciples at one point, it's better for you to enter heaven with one eye, right, mm-hmm. than to go into hell with both. Yeah. And I, I thought, well, does that mean that, like, if my eye, you know, if I lose my eye on in, in, in this life, that I'm going, I'm going to, I'm just going to be one eyed in heaven too? Be like a cyclops. And yeah. Heaven. Well, no, no, that, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. no. But that, what? But that, turn you know, into a whole different creature. Right. But if I was born, you know, if I was born disabled, like if I was born with uh, with no arms. Or yeah, something. with a stump for a leg. Does that mean I? You know, I've spent my entire earthly existence not having two legs. Does is my heavenly existence? Am I even the same person if I had two legs? In 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 the coming kingdom, um, 
you know, I, these are questions that I, I, I wonder. I, and again, we don't know. Um, I was just talking to someone recently, was asking questions uh, about the new heaven, new earth. What's this going to be like? And, and I was just really honest and I said, you know, the Bible just doesn't give us a lot of specificity when it comes to what it's going to be like. And maybe that's because our temporal brains, finite as they are, just can't comprehend some of that. Um, and, and, and maybe it's, you know, God has reasons for, for keeping things veiled in mystery. Um, but for whatever reason, the Bible doesn't give a lot of specific detail about what's going to happen, what that existence is going to be like. Um, we just kind of piecemeal it together from what we can see. And so, um, so yeah, it, you know, it, we, there's, still, there's still questions we have. And, one point, and that's fair. That's okay. One other point about the body, and I didn't really mention it in the sermon, but because uh, I just had too much, <laughs> too much already. But uh, because no. Jesus did say <laughs> he was going to rise again, if he didn't rise again, because he said, you know, destroy this temple in three days, I'll rise. And he right. said, the sign of John is the sign of me. Mm -hmm. um, then he would have been a liar. Oh, yeah. If he would have just, okay, I was just kidding. I'm really a ghost or I'm some figment of your imagination. Or right. Some kind of hologram thing. Uh, that, that you're seeing right now, then he would have lied. So, yeah. so when he said, this body's going to die and I'm going to raise it back or it's going to be raised back up, then... Uh... I, I think some people, man, they, 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 they look at, uh, they think about the resurrection in terms of, you know, um, and I'm not saying Christians do this, and I'm talking about like maybe those who are outside of the Christian faith, look at the resurrection as though it's like an incidence of the night of the living dead. You know, that this zombie, Zombies, yeah. this zombie Jesus comes rising up out of the out of the dirt you know and, and he's he he looks you know as if he's a you know three three days dead and and or further on down the line you know he looks even worse he's you know he's quite his corpse is not you know he looks corpse like he's blue he's probably got rigor mortis you know that those kind of things he's shuffling around but clearly that can't be the case otherwise the disciples i don't think the disciples jeremiah would have worshiped Jesus, if he looked like that, if he still looked like walk, the Walking Dead, it would—I I just can't imagine Thomas and others bowing down and worshiping him if he looked that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think I might throw another layer on this for us to think about. Not that I have any good. Oh no, go ahead. I like this. But I think so. I like to think, or I used to think, maybe that his his. Post-resurrection body, the one that they see, mm -hmm. was the same that that showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Same body. That glorified, glowing. Glorified, glowing. Right. But when you look at the two stories, and you know that there were Peter, James, or Peter, John, and uh, one of the other disciples. That James were, and James. Peter, yeah, it was a Peter, James, James and James. James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, don't, they don't talk about how it's the same. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. almost, uh, like I said, I'm adding another layer to this. <laughs> but I'm not sure if that was the post-resurrected body that they see in the scriptures is Jesus's glorified body. Well, yeah. because he tells uh, Mary, you stop clinging to me. I haven't ascended to my father yet. That's true. So yeah. he, so, and so his glorified he, body may be different from his. And I'm wondering if uh, he gets... He gets his glorified body the same time we get our glorified mm -hmm. body. Meaning that right now he still has, and maybe we do, 
will have scars mm. up until the point of the second coming or the, the, or the trans- resurrection. All the transformation. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's, so, no, that's an interesting thought. Um, the, only, the only question then would be for those people who say, well, he seems to have some sort of supernatural abilities that he doesn't demonstrate at any other time. Like he just appears here. Like he just appears. Oh yeah, in this text. This is the one where the doors are locked. Right, the doors are locked and you know, it's a whole Sherlock Holmes, the doors were all locked from the inside. How did he get in? You know, like uh, um, either, either did, so does he walk through walls? Can he, can he, can he do that? Could he have done that when he was pre-resurrection? Could he have walked through walls? We did see him walk on water. Um, so is that actually his goal? That's a good question. Um, I, um, I think I had a professor who said, who I want to think, and I may be wrong about this, but I want to think I had a professor who actually said that he doesn't believe he actually walked through walls that, that when it talks about him just appearing, um, that it's not, it's not like a magical appearance. He thinks that he had a regular, like me and you body. Um, post resurrection, they just opened the door and walked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just didn't give all the. Detail. They just didn't. They didn't catch it, you know, or, or whatever. Because I, I, I would, I would find it. Well, weird. Well, like even the, the window. Even the Luke, know, you know, but even <laughs> the Luke passage says that he was suddenly standing there among them. Peace. Well, he's suddenly standing, right? But that, I think, I think the professor that I had was was trying to make the point that it doesn't say that he walked through walls, but he's just suddenly there. Maybe they didn't just didn't. They, they weren't looking for him, so all yeah. of a sudden him showing yeah. up. You right. know. I don't know. That's why he does ascend eventually. He does. So there is a way that he can uh, I, change from because uh, I mean to be re- born to be raised again is an actual change uh, that happened. And yeah. So so um, you know. <laughs> It's time travel. He's a lot got, of questions. He's got, he's it is. It is. So, uh, but I don't think. I think in my mind, I always think about beam me up, Scotty. That yeah, somehow yeah. another, there's going to be this. Well, you're going to be able to to go from one spot to another. To another. Like that. Yeah. But you know, those are good things to think about. No, I think part of our culture today, though, is so many people are taking now resurrection and attributing it to all kind of things like. Someone that's becoming a, a transgender from one sex is a resurrection. They're, they're telling this is a yeah. resurrection story. I've got a yeah. new life. Yeah. I mean, that's what the new Matrix and, movie was and, all about. And that really does water down the idea yeah. of resurrection. So, I, I agree. So, so I yeah. actually, I, I, I was, um, I, I read So a, that's why it's important for us to understand what really happened and what resurrection really is. I like to, that. To go against some of that out and, there that's... This like you can have this resurrection here on this or earth. or or let me go further. I, I was reading a uh, I like sci-fi, and so um, uh, even you know so apart from my Christian readings and stuff, I, I sometimes pick up a sci-fi novel and read. And um, w- one of the one of the ones I read recently, and I, and I've actually seen this done in in other other treatments as well, has this notion now of sort of. Um, artificially creating eternal life, right? Everybody wants eternal life so much. Everybody wants resurrection so much that it's this notion of, oh, well, if we could just upload your consciousness, all your memories, all your stuff into a computer, then even if this Jeff dies, then Jeff lives on because Jeff, you know, Jeff is 
Jeff's consciousness, all 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 that is Jeff right now, all your memories, everything that you well, have, wanna, all your thoughts. I, don't, I would want right. to log into that, that person. <laughs> then, then, then all it is is then we just load that consciousness into a virtual Jeff avatar of some sort yeah. in a you know they think video game, right? Um, and then all of a sudden you've got a virtual reality eternity. And then, and this this novel was all it, it sort of took as its as its climax this. This, and, and and it was it was it, it was celebrating this idea as though this is the way that we can live forever. But I'm like, well, no, that's not that that wouldn't be Jeff. Mm-hmm. Like if if Jeff if you know if I upload Jeff's memories and consciousness and stuff into into a computer, and then I you know presumably shoot the Jeff that's in front of me, that Jeff I just shot is. Dead, I like you know, and and that consciousness is not Jeff. It's not the same thing. And whatever was in my mind up to that point is all you're going to get. That's all you're going to get, There's right? Not be eternal, right? But now, there, I think their idea was that 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 consciousness could continue to adapt and evolve mm-hmm. and grow mm-hmm. and develop. stuff and develop, right? And and could ha- and could enter into virtual relationships with other people and such. Um, I bring this up only because. This is the mindset of the culture guys that we're ministering to. Yeah, um, they <laughs> they won't accept something like the gospel story of resurrection, so they come up with their own form of resurrection or their own form of eternal life that doesn't require um, life change. Let's just be honest. I mean that that's that's what it boils down to, doesn't it? Doesn't require life change. Doesn't require me being submissive to a higher authority than 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 myself um, i'm able to be my own god through all eternity yeah but. well i mean and when you're doing that i mean you're playing like you are god yourself well yeah you know and that's you know that all goes back to big human problem you know sin is when we want to put be our like god. yeah when we want to be like god when we try to be like god in an yeah. unhealthy way you know and so it's it's just a continuation of that with you know like that sci-fi and what's really ironic too is christianity offers so much better for the long run than the you know like the uh internet adaptations you were talking about Mm -hmm. you know it's like we got so much more to offer Mm -hmm. but they want something so much like less if you will but at the bottom line i mean you're right it doesn't require life change in their view yeah 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 it's just it's 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 interesting to me what people will place their faith in, um, uh, and what they refuse to place their faith in. And I mean, you know, I believe that God's given us that choice, but why, man? Why invest in in in, in an idea that, like you just said, Blake, is is certainly lesser than what God is offering to those who um, who trust Him? You know. Especially when you consider getting into the, the, the meat of your message here, Jeff. Um, what we believe um, actually occurred that um, in, in the creation of those scars. I mean, we're, we're talking about, we're not talking about the brutal murder um, of just a good man. We're talking about the brutal murder. Uh, I was just talking to my daughter about this. The, the, the great miscarriage of 
quote, justice that goes on in order to get Jesus to the cross is ridiculous. Is, isn't it amazing? And it was all, it was all <coughs> predicted ahead of time. It is yeah. it, isn't it amazing that God's, God's justice is fulfilled in an act of human injustice? injustice yeah. Right. It takes, it takes human injustice. It's a very, I mean, you read the account. They didn't follow regular court proceedings. Um, they couldn't find. They couldn't find credible witnesses. They they just sort of latch on to anything at all. They're they're grasping at straws, and they're doing it in the middle of the night. If I'm not mistaken, that that part about the middle of the night went against their own law. It did. Yeah. It, it totally went against their own laws. They should have. Yeah. But by it law, it should have been open, and it should have been at the gates. And it should have been. There should have been a, a period of time between his arrest and his actual trial. Um, but they. They were so hungry to get this done. And then they don't want to bloody their own hands, so then they try to get the Roman authorities to do it. The Romans don't want to do it either because they're like, well, there's no reason to do this. So they incite a mob, a riot, to make to force the Roman hand on this. It's just there's so much wrong. I mean, you know, my, my wife is um, my wife and my oldest daughter are, are big proponents of fairness, right? Mm -hmm. And man, you want to talk about pushing your fairness button? Yeah. If you read the story, it, what happens to Jesus is completely unfair. There, there's no fairness in it. There's absolutely zero justice, and yet, through the unfairness and the way and injust and injustice that happens on that day, and that that leads to these scars that he that he takes on on our behalf to suffer, we are healed. And we are made just. Yeah, and if you think about it, like, that's that's amazing yeah, yeah. to me. Every form of abuse happened to him. He had a spiritual abuse. He had uh, legal abuse, uh, verbal, physical, uh, physical. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know. So the, uh, the emotional. Thinking, his friends. Emotion, his friends desert him. Yeah, right. Yeah. So everything you could think of betrayal. All. So that's when I was talking about the whole. Maybe you have scars that are emotional in her, but but. Even even if you whatever the worst abuse you could have went through or perpetrate perpetrated upon you, yeah, he took that too. So he mm. does provide healing. So you can look and say, he understands. He sees this, and I can I can get that healing that I need. And to add to that, he's a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses yeah. too, yeah. and especially with you know the emotional scars, the physical scars, yeah. whatever it may be. So, he he can sympathize with because he's had them. Yeah. So guys, I had a uh, I had a um, a professor of mine in college who was not a believer, and um, one of the things that that she she pointed out to me one time um, was she said, you know, people like to talk about how Jesus suffered and how he was tortured and brutally murdered, but there have been way worse torture, way worse murder than that, right? As, as if to say, like, yeah, he suffered, but he could have suffered a whole lot worse um, in that his suffering is somehow... Um, uh, that, that her understanding, I think, was that the amount of suffering he did um, was um, directly correlated to the amount of redemption we have, right? Mm. And and I don't, I don't think that's necessarily necessarily the case. I can think of possibly worse forms of torture, 
Um, not that the cross was any was was a cakewalk. Let's not let's let's be well, real. That form of capital punishment today that was probably the worst thing. I mean, at least if you got stoned, you probably would have got knocked out. Yeah, and you wouldn't have felt the rest of the stones. Yeah, and then we, you take into account the beating, the whipping, all that stuff, right? We, we I mean, we and we we've detailed that before. Yeah, but I, I, I think I've asked you guys this question before, and it's one that. Every, every year around this time, whenever we talk about his suffering, I do think about, um, is the violence, the, the, the violence we see at the cross, is it necessary? Is that particular amount of violence necessary? And, does the, and is it the case that the amount of suffering he did correlates to the amount of redemption we enjoy? Is, is there some sort of correlation there, Jeremiah? Or do you think that it's, it's more of a... Um, he, it's important that he suffered. It's important that he heard. It's important that he, he, he experienced pain and, of course, death. But the amount of suffering is, is not what's most important here. Your thoughts? Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't believe that our, our amount of redemptive or the, the scope of his redemptive purposes are, there's, I don't think there's any correlation to how much he suffered. Right. But I think that we forget that we're talking about the God of the world mm. who experienced no pain and no suffering and no tears and yet saw human suffering and was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do that. Yeah. Mm. Like he didn't have any pain before. Mm-hmm. No suffering. I mean, he's God, mm-hmm. right? It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And he's going he's gonna to become a human and knowing, I think knowing, uh, well, what he's going to go through. Knowing from, knowing from the time that he creates, mm. knowing from yes. the moment that he decrees creation, yeah. that my, my decreeing creation is going to necessitate my experiencing things as a human. Um, I, I believe he has to. If he's truly omniscient, he knows that, right? Mm. I mean... He knows that that's what's going to happen, even as he decrees creation, because he knows man's going to do. He knows that man's going to reject him. He knows he knows all these things as he actualizes the world in which we live. He knows all of these things, and yet he does it anyway. Yeah. The, the people who uh, who because I, sh- I I I'll be I'll be clear. Uh, I do think that there there are uh, sufferings worse than the cross. Um, oh yeah. I really I do believe that. Um, and I, I, there's a book that, um, well, that's just chasing a rabbit. Um, um, but there, I think there are things that happen on the cross that n- we could never, ever experience because of who he is. He's, he's God. Right, and, right. Um, so like, like taking on the full, and, and this is tough to talk about, but, but um, experiencing the full wrath of God. Right. And, and the departure of a relationship with God, right, right. Uh, at least for a second, um, where he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Or why have you turned your back on me? Mm. Um, and then he takes on, you know, if, if we, if what we believe about the imputation of righteousness is true, he takes on all of the sin of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, having been a person who's never sinned, mm-hmm. and now he's taking on all of that sin, um, and then emptying himself of his righteousness on, on those who believe. And so there are things that I think are, are way worse than any human can experience. Um, but to focus on like this, the, the pain, 
Because I don't think there's any person on earth that would say that he didn't experience a great amount of pain, like tons right. of suffering. Right. And I'd, I'd say he experienced the, the the maximum amount of pain he could. Right. Because at the, I mean, once he couldn't take any more pain, he just died. Right. Your body, your body will only take so yeah, much pain. Yeah, he couldn't so take like any more. Right. They could they could have prolonged his death, but I mean, he took maximum amount of pain. I don't know how else to say it. I think I think that shows how human he was. He was an actual human who, uh, you starve the man, he's going to die. Right. You, 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 you cause so much pain, you cause him to lose so much blood, he's going to die. Right. And so, uh, just because the, the Romans weren't uber, uber, uber effective at making his pain be prolonged right. like they can now, right. doesn't mean he didn't experience, like Jeff said, the max pun. I mean, should we, should we spend, the most unjust punishment. Knowing that, I mean, should, should we spend as much time, do you think that Christians, and Blake, you can jump, jump in on this if you like, do you think Christians are guilty of glorifying the violence uh, of the cross or glorifying the, the, the violence done to Jesus? I mean, I, um, I read um, years ago. I read a, <laughs> I read a feminist treatment on this, um, which which claimed that that um, this notion of sort of glorifying or exalting the violence done to Jesus has led to people exhibiting violent behavior from the church. I don't think that's the case. No. But I do. But I do wonder sometimes, like we talked about last week. Should we make the cross our symbol, or, or or is it more the resurrection that we should focus more more upon than it is the violence? I, you know, we use we use a lot of that symbology. Let's just be honest. We we you know we have crosses in our church. We you know do the crown of thorns thing. Lots of blood and, and you know that sort of thing. And all this I think is connected again, Jeff, to, to suffering for our healing. But I'm just wondering how much. Is 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 there a too much, and, and and are we guilty of that at times? I think, in a sense, we become guilty if we're not focusing on the resurrection as much as what we are the cross. Mm. Um, that's I think that's how I'm going to answer that one. Okay, <laughs> um, because uh, like we said, like we said last week, I mean it's like a twofer you know you can't have the cross without the resurrection, and the resurrection Certainly. doesn't make sense without right the death and. To be quiet, I think, I mean, we should look at the suffering and be thankful that he did that instead of us. But mm-hmm. I think it's very important for us to realize the what happened to yeah. him. You know, I, I'll i go through uh, with, you know, if I'm in an in-depth conversation with somebody and they're not very familiar with the crucifixion process, mm-hmm. one reason I go in-depth on that is to help them realize this is what he endured for you. Mm-hmm. But he did endure that. But it's effect, you know, it's effective for us now because he has risen again. You know, mm-hmm. that's where we should put a lot of our glory. But we should also thank him and praise him that he did go to die. Yeah. That he did have joy set before him. Yeah. So I think if we're, I think we should uh, thank him as much as we praise him for the resurrection. You know, for the yeah. resurrection, thank him just as much for the death and have a try to have a balanced. Right, a balanced approach. Jeff, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of things even like you know the the Passion of the Christ movie, mm-hmm. which is brutally violent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that's really. I've watched it once, and that was enough. I I, I don't necessarily want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's not something that I'm going to pop into my DVD player just you know on a on a regular you know regular uh, 
weekend evening. Um, and I, and I, want, I want to wonder to myself, is I, I understand the point of making a film like that. You're, you're trying to depict historically what would have happened. But um, what kind of message does that send to other people? To, you know, apart from a Christian context, apart from somebody explaining what was going on here, apart from explaining that this is, this is God right. that this is happening to, um, I'm just wondering if, if, if it's as effective as we, as we could be. Well, I, th- I thought it was pretty effective. Um, I, think, I think we swung, I think through, through the centuries of art and crucifixions and crucifixes and all, mm-hmm. I think we swung to a thing where you look at a crucifix, I got one in my office and Jesus is there on the cross. You got a little dot on his hands and his feet and right. a little slit in the side. But, but other than that, he looks normal. Yeah, yeah. And then when we had the Passion of the Christ, and you know, we went as a church and our senior adults, and I had a senior adult person tell me, and he was a lay pastor and all that. And he said, I don't think Jesus suffered that much. I'm like, well, I said, according to the Bible, he did. I mean, um, now, did, did, they, did they take some creative license in some of the beating and all that he took uh, that's not in the scriptures? Uh, you know, when they first came to him, I think they threw him down off a wall or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, yeah, it was probably like that and probably even worse. I mean, the, and I quoted Isaiah, you know, they said they couldn't even look at him. They couldn't even recognize him as being a man. So, yeah, right. so the, the problem is um, in the context then. Mm-hmm. So if I'm so, like looking at a cross and Jesus is up there and he's got, he's got his uh, loincloth on, I think he was naked when he was on the cross. Yeah. Um, because they wanted to humiliate, humiliate him as much as they could. Sure. Um, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, well, that's not too bad looking. Mm-hmm. But then if I look at the Passion of Christ, I'm like, you know, I can't, like you you say, I, I don't even want to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it happened. Is it great that we were able to use technology and creativity to show a depiction mm-hmm. of it better than the, all the other movies you show where right, he's, right. he's still talking like, you <laughs> yeah. know, he's, he's this skinny Jesus on the cross right, and he's talking in right. his English accent and his blue eyes and, you know, he, you know he's hurting but it's not really, it doesn't really look he's hurting. Right. So, so I think it added some validity to the, to the brutality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, that's one part of salvation. Right. And, Praise the Lord, we get to the second part, right. which was my third point. After right. you past the the wounds and what the wounds represent, right? Exactly, and and um, you know, I know it sort of touched. It's just that movie. So you can't like make it, it sanitize that it's like, well, that doesn't look like Jesus. You know, he just died on a cross, big right. deal, and then beaten to a pulp that you can't recognize him, which is technically what the Bible describes right. as right. happened to him. <laughs> I just I remember I remember if I'm not mistaken the, the movie I mean like you know 98% of it is is all the brutality yes. and it's got that one last moment you know where it kind of deals with the resurrection yeah, and it, it, it ends yeah. yeah and that's it you know right. <laughs> and it's like well the biggest part of this story yeah. you just cut off right I mean that's that's that, yeah. that's where you really need to and I think that's where we make the mistake then to if we overemphasize the cross, which mm-hmm. we can't really do that that much. We right. do preach the cross in Christ crucified. Absolutely. Without without the resurrection, 
then he's just another martyr that died a martyr's death. Right. Um, I mean, it was cruel for Martin Luther King to get assassinated and John F. Kennedy and yes. uh, all the other, uh, Malcolm X, you know, got got assassinated for for his beliefs. I mean, so there's people that die for their beliefs all the time. Yeah. Um, but they didn't die to save the world. Right. And, I and think- the only way that the saving of the world is effective Efficacy, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's that word <laughs> that I couldn't say. Is that this him coming back to life and showing himself and saying I'm the one? And then he tells Thomas, you know, hey, you believe because you got to actually touch and see. But there's going to be people that are going to believe based on your message. Yeah, this message of death and redemption and resurrection is our message. The world can't. They can't duplicate duplicate that message in a fulfilling way that makes sense for eternity. No, and the reason why, and it goes back to what you were saying with him suffering for our healing and paying for our sins. You pull this from Isaiah 53, 5. He's wounded, yes, but why? For our transgressions, right? He's bruised, yes, but why? For our iniquities. Um, you know, the, the chastisement for our, pe- for our peace was on him, and by his stripes we are healed. And so, yeah, um, he is beaten and bruised and, 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 and dies a violent death, but unlike all the other martyrs that you mentioned, He's doing this specifically, the Bible says, for us. And, and for us who, who will, who many will reject it. I mean, still are rejecting it today. Um, and, and then to go back to what you said earlier, Jeremiah, which is that this is not just a man doing this. This is God. And so I was going to say this earlier, and, and, and I forgot to, but for those people who want to say... Um, uh, the people who sort of use the whole problem of evil, you know, like God, you know, God uh, um, could have designed a world without suffering. He could have, you know, it, 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 why, why do we have to have a world with so much suffering? And then you forget the fact that God went, as he's actualizing this world of suffering, is saying, he's not doing it as some aloof observer who is saying, I'm, I'm going to let there be suffering. Rather, he's doing it as one who knows that, yes, there's going to be suffering, and I'm going to partake of it. Yeah. I, you know, I am going to insert myself into suffering. I'm going to, yes, there is going to be suffering, but I am going to be part, I am going to suffer with them. That, that to me, puts a whole other spin on our understanding of 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 that argument. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, th- that this this isn't someone who's just doing it. Like, this isn't an author writing a book and creating characters um, and not, you know, that aren't in, in a world that they're not even going to be a part of. Rather, this is someone who is in the story. Like, in the, he is the story, is the story yeah. right? And that's, that's just so different. And it, it, it takes that sort of mindset to understand that, I think. Well, and I know a lot of people, too, you know, they, they'll have, like, going back to that problem, they'll have questions like, you know, where was God at when X happened? Where was God at when Y happened? And I think a great way to look at that is, you know, have you looked and seen, you know, at the cross? Because he did do something about this suffering, mm-hmm. you know. It may not, the full effects of, uh, his work at the end, you know, when he comes back to destroy, you know, evil and Satan, you know, that's going to come at a later time. But he is working to do that, yeah. and he's done that through the cross, you know. So I and 
I feel like a lot of times with the problem of evil there, they've suffered a lot, so it's important to be empathetic. Oh, and, absolutely. And sympathetic. Just for our listeners, you know, I would encourage you to be empathetic and sympathetic with those people. But point them to the cross that God has suffered as well. You know, in, when he became a man in Jesus, he suffered just as we did. Right. Maybe more than what we have in a lot of cases. I want to I turn my attention to the, the, with the last 10, 15 minutes we have here, guys, um, to something that I think is, a, is, is sort of a fascinating part of, of the message, and that's going back to the resurrection. Uh, proof of his resurrection for our salvation was your, was your third thing that his wounds remind us of. And clearly that's the case because, you know, um, uh, he's standing there as one who is wounded, right? And he, yeah, I think you used the, the, the Thomas account there. Well, what I really want to go to is um, uh, this was a conversation we were having, I think, last week that some of us were. Yeah, about, about the scriptures. About scripture. Yeah, Old Testament scripture that um, that shows or demonstrates that the Messiah um, would be a risen Messiah. And um, some of the, some I want to touch on some of the, the because uh, you used a lot of references here, Jeff, and I, mm-hmm. I, I want to touch on some of those uh, in sort of the last part of this. So right. um, I think you started off with Job. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I agree with you that arguably this is, some scholars at least say, and, and I tend to agree. No, I do too. That Job is chronologically speaking the earliest book written. Ever written. Yeah, yeah there's written. Books. Right. I, I know that our Bibles start with Genesis, and we think that Genesis then is the oldest book. But most people think that Job is actually probably penned earlier than than the Pentateuch. You know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers. Um, so uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Sorry, got those out of order. Uh, but as uh, so, so this is this is early, 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 right? And then, after the fall, clearly, but this is still early. Um, and Job says, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives and he will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body, I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. Well, that's some pretty powerful stuff to begin with from Job um, and some pretty powerful insight Especially when you consider, and I've done a lot of study on this. But Job Jude, lost everything and suffered. If you think someone suffered unfairly, yeah, it would be him. I mean, he had death, he had injury, he had his wife basically saying, you know, curse go God, ahead and curse God. God and die. He had his friends giving him bad advice, sure, saying you must have sinned. Your sin caused all this, and why not? Nah, you know, and so he. So what hope did he have that, that even though I've gone through all this, I know that I'm going to have a redeemer. He's going to live. A redeemer is someone that pays the price for yeah. your penalty, for your debt. And, um, you know, so it's just amazing that, that, that he's the one that has this fantastic yeah. uh, he, I insight think a, into the well, resurrection. What I think, he would actually, the redeemer, and then he calls the redeemer God. Right. <laughs> what, what I think is really interesting here um, from, from the standpoint of when you study early Judaism, they don't have a very, they don't have a fully orbed or robust account of what happens after death. Mm. Um, they're, they're, there's not a lot of details. Um, and, it, in, and especially in early Judaism, there's very little. But we see with Job at least some notion of 
resurrection or, um, you know, uh, like you said, at least some idea that the de- that death is not the end of it. Uh, but if you wanted to say something. Yeah, and I was just kind of reiterating. It's really interesting because of how early it is. You know, it seems that there's not like a... It's not like a priest for him to go to mm. or like a temple for him to make a sacrifice or anything like that. You know, it right. seems like a very, very early, early time. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions when it does come to the book of Job. But for him to have that much insight so early is, I think, very, very interesting. Just to piggyback what Jeff was saying. So, okay, so do we take this then as... as um as uh, we think that Jesus would have used perhaps this passage to talk about how the Messiah, because we know that Jesus meets with his disciples um, after after post uh, post resurrection, and he says it it said in the scriptures, you know, that the Messiah had to die and would and would rise again. And, well, and that Luke passage, he said, "I've told you everything written in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the." Psalms. Yeah, right. So Job, even though we put him in the writing, Job was technically like a prophet as well. Mm. Um, so the Psalms, the writings, the, the law, the prophets. Uh, yeah. And then I quoted uh, Zechariah. I haven't got to that. I'm going to get to Zechariah in a second. Before we get to that, I just want to look at those Job passages yeah. a little bit more. I do see here... Now, there's no specific thing in the Scripture where Jesus said, oh, yeah, and by the way, when Job mentioned this... Right, right, right. But I think it's there for the inference to be made that it is a shadow. There's there's <clears throat> clearly here, at least in Job, in this Job passage, an idea of resurrection. There's redem- no doubt about that. Redemption and resurrection. And right. actually seeing God face to face. Yeah. And a body. <clears throat> yes. It talks about bodily... Yeah, after my, my body, and yes. after my body has decayed, okay. yet in after my, my body, body I will see God. Yeah, um, that that that's clearly talking about an idea of a um, a, a resurrection, and um, yeah. So uh, let's go to this Zechariah passage, Zechariah twelve ten. Uh, then I will pour out a spirit of grace and prayer on the family of David and on the people of Jerusalem. They will look on me, whom they have pierced. And mourn for him as an only son. They will grieve bitterly for him as for a firstborn son who has died. Now that's clearly talking about uh, um, the idea of the Messiah being crucified or pierced, right? Yes. Um, And that they're going to look on him. Now, it's possible that at that time anyway, they could have looked at that prophecy as looking at someone who was just dead. Right, right. The interesting thing about that one and the Zechariah one... And I haven't gotten Zechariah thirteen six, but we'll get yeah, to that in a second. But Zechariah twelve ten, which Revelation basically is quoting that. Uh-huh. But if you look at an account, I think it's Matthew's account of the cross. Uh-huh. Basically is quoting this Zechariah uh when the people are there at the cross, mm-hmm. that they're they're mourning for one that's so so it's used in that context, mm-hmm. but as well it's at the end of time when when jesus comes back in the clouds of heaven and everybody's going to see him so it's in that context as well right right so um obviously it's 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 there at the cross right i think it's there at the resurrection i think it's going to be there i I think i think the more powerful one here by the way is is zechariah 13 6 because and if someone asked then what about those wounds on your chest 
this. Presumably has to be talking. The only chest wound he took, well, I mean, other than well, breathing. The, the old King James says hands. Okay. Uh, and the NIV says body. Either way. And, and I, chest. So the only chest, yeah. So that was, that I, But either too. way, whether it's his hands or his side, mm-hmm. um, then what about those wounds on your chest? He will say, yeah, he's I was someone. wounded at my friend's house. So that, that says that. Say that. He's going to be, you have to be alive in order to be able to say those things. And so that does sort of, now what what I'll ask you, because I haven't read Zechariah in some time, and I guess, you know, you have, is the is the individual that Zechariah is talking about in 1210, the same one, Jeff, that he talks about in 136. Is he talk? is that a carryover? I think it's all messianic, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just asking because I didn't. I haven't read those two chapters back to back like that. And I, I can't and remember who did the uh, Zechariah. Uh, you did actually. <laughs> probably did. I probably did. mentioned that. Yeah. Too, so. <laughs> so I just wasn't. I was. I wasn't entirely certain. These have always been messianic anyway. Oh, those so are I don't certainly. Think you're taking them out of context to mm. include them in that. No, 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 no. Um, but as far as like, I didn't go into the whole. Um, read the whole passage in context and all to get the sure. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't comment much on the uh, the whole brutality thing, but um, from a scriptural standpoint, mm-hmm. I am thankful it's there. And the reason why is because some of those details and some of what Jesus had to go through points us back to. The Old Testament. I mean, actually, yeah, a lot like, of like "My God, My God" is Psalm twenty-two, and it's yeah. it's a basically if you write down what a, a crucifixion is going to look at like, that's it. And it reminds me that this is not just about that moment. It's it's more about this is this. I was working Jesus kind of saying I was working back then. I mean, when mm-hmm. you just because I mean, of course, when we talk about blood, that seems so weird. Right. But when you talk about blood in the context of the Old Testament and the sacrifices mm-hmm. and I mean just that very first thing God ever even says to humanity, which is, look, if you sin, you will die. Right. I mean it's like we talk about the first gospel, first promise or whatever, mm-hmm. but really that I mean that's the first law, first mm-hmm. promise. Right. Like if you right. do this Then this is what's gonna happen. And it's almost like you can almost read into it like I'm gonna. I mean, if you, I'll have to fix this. Like, right. Like death will. And he knows he's gonna. Have to, yeah. And he knows they're going to. Mm. <laughs> and so it's kind of. I think because he created them with the yeah. free will to make their own. Especially choice. Yeah. when you when you mesh all the gospels together, mm-hmm. it does seem like it's super brutal. Right. But I think there there some of the authors. I think he does go through all of that. Uh, whether we we have the right order or not, uh, mm-hmm. who knows? But um. I think it just kind of connects to the the Old Testament, and we we like to kind of talk about where in the world does the Old Testament talk about resurrection? To be honest with you, I think that I think that the cross is so obvious from the Old Testament, like they should have known. Oh yeah, the Messiah is going to die. Yeah, yeah. That it almost had to be implied, because when you hear things like. Uh, He's going to sit on the throne forever. The Messiah is going to, right. there's going to be a king who's yeah, or, on the which is what, or the one, which is what uh, Peter and right, and Paul that, both reference that. Right, yeah. that's the one I was going to bring the up. The Psalms that that say that, that's yeah. the Psalm. That, that, if there's one scripture for me that says Messiah is going to rise, it's the one that they the use. One. You will not allow your holy one to rot in the grave. Yeah, yeah. that seems to be. 
pretty, I mean, but I, I just knows. think in general, it should have been implied, even if they didn't get it. Because there were well, so they, many references thought, to the death of the Messiah. But if they didn't realize that Messiah was going to be, and I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about this, but they, they didn't realize that the Messiah was literally going to be God, right? I don't know that they yeah. knew that. I think their understanding of Messiah has always been sort of a human understanding of Messiah. Then they wouldn't expect that 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 would be part of the of, of the package does it make sense i mean like yeah. they might have they might have expected a, a the suffering servant they might have seen that coming i don't know how else they would have understood he, there's going to be a king who sits on the throne forever yeah i don't unless not that just, it has to be god necessarily, just, but they have to well, believe. It's just, unless they were using the language like you're my bff you know you're my best oh, friend forever yeah uh, or, uh, at the same time, too, they were so they were so into the here and now. Right. They were so excited that he's the one. I mean, look, he's feeding people, he's healing people. Yeah. Now all we got to do is take care of this government problem we got right here. Yeah. And hey, when you do that, can I be on your right hand and left? I think they were just so focused on the here and now yeah. that well, they he, they didn't see the bigger picture because the bigger picture. They even missed it. They thought it was just for the Jews. It's like, no, the biggest picture is like, this is for everybody. It just, he had yeah, even the told the world. He had to even told to his disciples that the Christ, you know, he's going to have to rise on the third day. That the Son of Man has to be delivered into the hands of men. Yeah, he told them about well, he, four Yeah, he had, he had told them. That's but, the disciples that are there. Right. But we're, we're talking. We're talking about. about right. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about the Old Testament here because Jesus and others have said. Yeah. This was in the this was this was in your yeah. scriptures long ago that this David is exactly how it was going to happen. Yeah. He wasn't really referring to Solomon. And, he wasn't really referring to the next because like everybody in, after them were right. so terrible. Because it's like you didn't want a king. Right. And my and my okay, I'm not good. Jesus is not a liar. So oh, yeah. but right. my, but my issue with it has always been um Okay, Jesus, I get, yeah. I get that you say that it was in the scriptures, but where? Yeah. Like, I'm missing it too because I can't find a whole lot of places where resurrection of the Messiah is talked about explicitly. Like, if I had been those guys, I would have been completely dumbfounded too. But then I think it's what Jeremiah is trying to say is that if you believe that Messiah was something other than human, then then you had to know right. that he was definitely destined to die. And if he's destined to die, if he's more than human, then he he's got he's he's not gonna if he's gonna sit on the throne of David forever. How's that gonna work if he's dead? How's that gonna work if you know? How does the whole thing of you will not allow your holy one to rot in the grave? Yeah, like, how's that gonna work if he's rotting in the grave? Right, so like you know, Isaiah fifty three, how does he receive the spoil if he's dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, All those things, and so. Um, but they had to have their eyes open to it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, and I so think, I think and it's easy for us, right? Yeah, we have the privilege <laughs> now, and it says we that have a whole copy. They maybe had like a little. Well, I, think, I think there's more in there about general re resurrection. Yes, there is a lot of than they saw, and that I probably wouldn't have seen it. But sure. uh, I mean, like Job, there's there's another quote about general resurrection, mm -hmm. and there's multiple in the song. He talks about if a tree if a tree dies, it, it will yeah. live again. And, yeah, right. He's yeah. like, do we do we die? Do we rise again? Right. He's, like he's questioning the, all that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Job. Jeremiah has the same thing with the branches cut down, but then a sprout comes yeah. up and all that. There's a lot about general resurrection, which sure. you, which you're almost enough to where like you're like I would have been a Pharisee because the Sadducees. 
I think they missed even general resurrection. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, when you get down to the grassroots of the Messiah rising, that is very hard to see. But um, again, I think I think they almost had to have it implied because if you read Isaiah fifty three, you know the Messiah is dying, and so it has to be implied if he's going to live forever that he has to rise because mm. you know he's dying. Right. I think the death in the Old Testament is so much more specific. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just Isaiah 53. You got Psalm 22, like you said. Uh, I don't know how else you would understand bruises, heal all the way from Genesis 3. Pierced his side. Yeah, pierced, yeah, the, pierced right. the side. All, like I think the death is so specific. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, okay, we know he's going to die. Then your next thing has to be in your mind. Well, how does he come back? Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like I'm saying implied right. that this this Messiah is going to die. That's pretty clear. He must rise again. Especially if you're coming at this with a, um, a, a Pharisaic idea of I'm accepting general resurrection as yeah. part of the the package of beliefs that I believe. And but I, you know, but you you know you well, see even, that even you see, Martha. Oh, well, that's what I was gonna know, say. Yeah. Martha does the same thing, mm-hmm. right, with Lazarus. Yeah, so I brother, know he's gonna rise again. I know he's gonna rise again at the end at, at, at the end of the days, yeah. right? And he's like, no, if you die, <laughs> you believe in me. If you die, you're gonna live again. Right, yeah. right. So, um, so there there clearly was this idea that well, Messiah will rise. Maybe it's gonna happen at the end of days, yeah. right? It's gonna happen at the end of it all. And maybe that's why they didn't pick up on the fact that, oh, no, it's going to be three days later. And, I mean, Jesus says Jonah is a sign of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I so, wouldn't have picked him on that. Well, I, no, I mean, like, you, you know this story of Jonah? You don't look yeah. at Jonah and go, oh, that's clearly a story about resurrection. Yeah. Unless, you're, unless you're us looking backwards yes. at it and yes. going, yes. okay, now I understand. It, 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 I, can see, I can see that. You know, right, because so. even in, you know, talk about resurrection and that concept, like, Jonah didn't technically die. You know, right? But you it's, know, it is but weird, he did though. go into the earth, if you will, mm-hmm. belly in the well, in the belly of the right, he's buried, he's rise he's up, buried you know, under the sea. Right. What, what I'm again, really, this is uh, we might chase a rabbit here, but what I'm really, <laughs> is, that's unfortunate because we're we're almost out of time. Yeah. Here. So so, but go ahead. I, I'm, I'm interested. Like I want to know, because because of how I view view Jesus, his humanity, mm-hmm. and his development of thought. Right, which I believe he had. Uh, he seems to know. Yeah, on Earth prior mm-hmm. to being glorified, mm-hmm. and he makes the connection to Jonah. Mm-hmm. He makes the connection to three days, mm-hmm. and I'm like, destroy this temple. Does he have that. extra knowledge, or no. does he see it from the scriptures and he puts it together? I think he sees it from the scriptures. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, which is clearly yeah. with him through the whole thing, yeah. so I, I think, I think the the difference there is that he has the, he, he has the whole, he has this, he has this wonderfully intimate relationship with God the Father through the Spirit, right through through God the Spirit, and I think that that's what opens his eyes or enlightens his, the the eyes of his heart, right, yeah. uh, to to the truths of Scripture that everybody else was missing. Because it's all there, even the three days. In fact, I think that's, isn't that Job? And when Jesus talks about um, life, he's always talking about eternal life. Eternal life. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he has. And if I'm going to die and hmm. life's eternal, how is that going to happen? Yeah. And yeah. then the prophets prophesied a kingdom that would last forever. 
Yeah. Well, right. yeah. I mean, right. I get all that, but yeah. he had details like That's three true. days. Well, I mean, like, like I don't you seem said, like anybody else has. He, Jesus sees the story of Jonah and knows it's about yeah. him. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think he, he knows, knows that because once you hear three days, right. I think I think if you know three days is a thing, mm-hmm. then it then you would have. Well, seen and they were asking it. for right. a sign. But I'm trying so, to figure out where he yeah. find the three days, which I think. Well, was remember they were asking for a sign, and he's like. He knew that there's a scripture about Jonah being in the belly for three days. He's like, hey, okay, I'll give you a sign. This dude was in the belly for three days. You know, so, so, was a so will the son of man. I'll be in the ground three days and I'll rise again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is there, an, <clears throat> is there another place where it talks about the there three is, days? Yeah. Okay. In connection with... It's, Outside it's, of Jonah. It's kind of vague, though. Outside of Jonah. Yeah, we'll, we well, can they, look it up then, after. We'll, we'll look it up. Yeah, well, yeah. and then when he says, destroy this temple in three days, I'll, I'll raise it up. He yeah. says that three days there. Well, I'm talking about in the Old Testament. In the Old where, Testament. Where, where, in the where Old would Testament, Jesus pick up three would Jesus pick days? Up just the with, idea just three with days. Uh, John. Jeremiah thinks there's another instance where it talks about three days. We'll look it up after. We'll look probably it up. out of yeah. time. All right. Well, or hey, <laughs> listeners, maybe you guys can look that up and get with us and tell us if we're right or wrong on that count. But we're out of time today. Man, this has been a great discussion. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, and uh, glad that you could be in the room with us as we've talked about um, some really important things here, talking about the, the implications of Jesus' death, but not just his death, his resurrection as well. And we hope that our discussion, um, uh, while it's been touched, we've touched on a lot of different topics today about scars, and we've talked about um, things that we sort of are speculating on and, and things that we uh, can imply from, from, from Scripture, but we want you to know that we do believe that scripture is true. We do believe that Jesus um, died. He was crucified for our sins and that, um, that our salvation is dependent upon that shedding of blood. And we believe that he rose again on that third day and that he is the first fruits of the resurrection, including our own resurrection. And uh, that's a message worth sharing, folks. Um, so go out and tell a world that's confused. Tell a world that doesn't know. Um, all about this Jesus. All right, so Jeff, we're going to be talking. Uh, is this going to be the last sermon that you're going to do in this sort of series of things? Uh, that, I think so. There may Jeff. be one more, but okay. um, it's kind of dovetailing on that one uh, about the um, if you're going through discipline when you got uh, injured and all that stuff. Yes. And if that, you know, so it's kind of like um, dovetailing all that and the rest of the Hebrews chapter. 12, so we're 12 going to talk 13. about it. So that now, so now, if I'm hurt at church, yeah, you know what? What do we do? What is our responsibility? Uh, we're going to look at that. I think that's going to be a great thing because there's lots of people who um, either themselves have been hurt at church or know somebody that's been hurt at church, and um, you know what does that what, what does that imply about the message that the church is preaching? What does that imply about um, the church itself? And is it all right to be hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good questions. (laughs) Uh, Will be a great discussion here next week. Until then, you all have a great week ahead of you, and we will catch you on the next one. So long.